Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Thursday morning. I trust everybody is doing well today. And I uh, sitting here getting everything set up this morning and always have the slide up. says morning devotions and music playing. Well, I didn't realize I didn't have the slide. I had the slide on the one screen, but I didn't put it over where the camera's showing. They realized I was on camera, and I, when I realized I went and put the slide up, but I was sitting there thinking, boy, I'm glad I didn't pick my nose or do something stupid, so I would have um, been really embarrassing, <laughs> so <laughs> i got to pay more attention to that. All right, who all do we have this morning here? Let's see, we got Miss Amy Oaks-Turner, we got Angel Dixon, Jennifer Honeycutt, Nancy Tyree, Chelsea Alexander. So good morning to all you wonderful people, and uh, of course I see that there's more than that uh, um, on uh, uh, watching this morning, and I uh, appreciate you all tuning in, and really do. So do hope everybody's doing well, and uh, slept good last night, had a good night's rest. Well, uh, you know, as I've said before, we I've been having a lot of problems with social media and uh, with my accounts. And it's just been a real pain. Uh, my, the account that I'm using now, uh, like I said, ever since they banned me for that 24 hours, uh, it has been uh, uh, so aggravating uh, because um, it really screwed with the pages going to um, uh, deal with church page, ministry pages and such. And now they've got it where they won't let me. I got to share something. Like I say, like, a, a, you know, where Dad and I do the morning devotions. And I can share it, like, to uh, the church group page. Well, I go to share it to the uh, church page, and it says that I've, I've allotted my amount of sharing. And I, I have never in my life, since the time of Facebook, ever seen that there is a limit on how much you can share. And they did it to me yesterday when I tried to share the Easter picture. So they've got me, they've got me flagged somehow. And so I, if you get a friend request or look for Otis Young, you'll see this face in a black and white picture where I photoshopped my face on Otis from uh, Otis Campbell from uh, uh, Andy Griffith. But Otis is also the name of my dog. But uh, so you'll know that is me. It's on half because they, the, the other new account I set up, they uh, permanently uh, removed it and said the decision's irreversible. So they took care they took that away. So they may get this one too. I don't know. So I'll keep setting up new accounts to maybe those get tired of fooling with me. But because the reason why I'm doing that uh, is because I don't know how much time I've got on my current account. I don't have a clue because they are making it clear that they're they're, they're really trying to give me a hard time about what I can and cannot do on uh, my own Facebook. So uh, don't you just love fascism, Marxism. It's just uh, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, let's go ahead and let's stand and let's do our uh, Pledge of Allegiance this morning. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Praise the Lord for uh, to be able to say that wonderful pledge this morning. Good morning, Darlene Barker and Karen Smith. Thank you for joining in this morning uh you know i always may hit on something political in the mornings that feels relevant needs to be hit on and usually it's something that's uh 
a head itching. <laughs> something that may be uh, a little negative or may be always negative. I don't know. You know, I just feel like there's some things that need to be hit on. But on an uplifting note this morning, I thought it was very, uh, a video that's going viral. It showed uh, these uh, two uh, servicemen. Uh, they were best friends. Uh, they were stationed three years in Japan together. And, well, uh, obviously they're living in separate places. One, he's 22-year retired veteran, and the other one, I think, still active. And uh, uh, he surprised his best friend. He uh, was hiding around the corner and uh, kind of ran out. I tell you, that, uh, he, that guy was so excited. He dropped, yeah, like uh, groceries in his hands where he dropped. He's jumping all up and down and hugging his Friend, so excited to see him. It is very, uh, very heart-touching, very warming. And uh, I didn't get to see what the story was uh, on Fox. It showed a woman in a school, and uh, she had the American flag, and all the kids were chanting USA. And uh, that was, uh, I'd like to see what, uh, what that was truly about. But that was still, brought a lump in your throat to hear all them little kids chanting USA, because we do live in a wonderful country. So, uh, you know, I think it... Uh, we should just leave the political commentary on a positive note this morning. And uh, trust me, there's always something negative we can hit on every day. So I, th I thought, let's do a little uplifting story this morning. Well, let's look at our uh, scripture of focus this morning. We're looking at Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But what things we were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. All right, and as my old pappy always says, bless this reading the hearing of it to our hearts. In World War One, now you all know I'm, I'm I love history. I love reading history. I started to become a uh, uh, history major at ETSU, but like I said before, there's there's not much I didn't major in at ETSU. But in World War One, General Pershing was going to have a uh, parade through France. One of the requirements was that you had to be 186. Uh, centimeters tall and um, the American soldiers who wanted to be a part of the parade who were excited about going, uh, doing that uh, automatically began to stand back to back and in, in uh, comparison uh, to the other soldiers and uh, the taller ones were making fun of the, the smaller ones calling them shorty which I can relate to I've always I've always would love to have been tall. I used to hang myself with the monkey bars, but then I was worried my arms would grow and I wouldn't. So <laughs> looked like a monkey <laughs> dragging my knuckles on the floor. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't inherit the, the tall trait. But anyway, they, uh, the taller soldiers were making fun of uh, the shorter ones. Well, finally, somebody said, well, wait, we need to find out what, what 186 centimeters are. So they put a mark on the wall. Well, the guys started lining up. And the taller guys were still missing the mark. Even at six foot and a half inch, they were still off the mark. And uh, it wasn't meeting the requirement that they thought they could make. You know, they were making fun of the smaller guys. We couldn't find out they were missing the mark as well. And the reason why I give that story is because, you know, last night uh, I hit on this uh, in our teaching of Second Peter. 
was the fact that, you know, uh, in particular in regards to when I was talking about the second coming and uh, the rapture and the distinguishing differences between the two, but is the fact that uh, the, so many people who think that they are good enough to get into heaven. See, that's, that's a real problem in our nation right now is they don't understand the reality of where their eternal state's going to be. There is um, so many people out there think that they have to be, uh, that they, based on their goodness or uh, what they feel is goodness, is going to merit them uh, entrance into heaven. Uh, you know, they have the, the false idea of, well, God wouldn't turn me away. I've done, I've never killed nobody. I've never stolen anything. I've never committed adultery. But see, the you know the Pharisees had that same idea uh, when uh, when they approached Christ. But Christ was like, listen, if you've had hatred towards your brother, you always might as well have, you know committed murder in your mind. If you look at a woman with lust, you might as well uh, have committed adultery. It's the same thing, you know. And like like an old guy told my dad years ago uh, when he used to preach at Liberty, he said, uh, you know, he said you can't help but notice an attractive woman. But he said, uh, you know, you need to, you can see it, but you need to keep going. You know, it's the, it's the second look that causes the sin in your heart of lust. So he said, make that first look count. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, uh, so, so I guess, you know, if you're yeah, male or female, if you're going to look at the opposite sex, make that first look count. But of course, I say that tongue in cheek. But, uh, you know, we uh, have to be very careful because uh, a lot of people that, that, do not come to know Jesus Christ our personal Lord and Savior is because of the um, uh, spirit of pride. Uh, they think, uh, unfortunately, one that maybe they don't need Christ, which is a very scary thought, or they or they they are mis uh, uh, under the mis. What am I smacking? Think today? What is in this coffee? Huh? <laughs> uh, the misunderstanding. I got here in a second that uh, they are will be good enough. You know, it's been a few years back that, I, you know, uh, the Pope. Now, I've got a lot of problems with the Pope, and uh, it, uh, he's done some th a lot of things that are just completely contrary to the Word of God, which, and in fact, I was shocked they actually came out against homosexuality. But anyway, um, he told, uh, there, was a, he, he, there was a young boy who recently lost his father, his very... Uh, downtrodden very obviously visibly upset and because uh, he lost his father and he said well your father was a good man so he'll definitely be in heaven and i was like oh man you that that's just wrong you know obviously you want to console somebody uh that's is dealing with a loss dealing with uh you know, something like that but unless you know they know jesus christ their personal lord and savior you, you can't make that kind of statement and uh you know in, in as a pastor dealing with, with situations uh, similar to that, uh, you know, I may ask, did they know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior? If they look at me and say, I don't know, with tears in their eyes, what I always like to say uh, that I feel brings comfort, and it's true, uh, it's really true, you don't know what they may have said right before they died. You know, they may have given that, their life to Christ right before they died. We don't know. So, you know, and that is true. Even in a, in a coma situation, 
I will, if I, when I went to the hospitals to pray with people, I still talk to them as if they can hear me. And because far as, as, as far as I know, they can. And, and I talk to them, I pray with them, and I go over, uh, particularly the family members say they don't know if they're saved or not, I go over the prayer of salvation. So you don't even know in that, in that situation, they may accept Christ, and we not be aware of that. But to, because, my point is, this Pope was trying to say, because he was good, he would go into heaven. And that's the problem. See, people think, well, I attend church, uh, I do good things. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a stellar member of the community and I'm, I'm very active in, in, uh, uh, social, uh, services and whatever it may be. I'm active in church. And they think because, and this is the, the bad and sad part of it all. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell. That, that's, that's the heartbreaking thing because in, in statistically, and, and this is true. Three-fourths of the individuals sitting in, a, in, a, in any given church are not saved. And, and this is a reference I made talk about last night and, and that I've heard people say, uh, despite all the time they've sat uh, under my dad's teachings, under me teaching, and we'll, I've seen them put on Facebook, oh, I sure hope I'm good enough to get into heaven. I'm like, holy cats, man, what are you thinking? You know, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. You're not good enough. You, I don't care if you're 99.9% perfect, you're still not getting into heaven. You know, right? And so the only way is to confess your sins unto God Almighty, understanding that Jesus Christ, his substitutionary atonement on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, what he done for you, accepting Christ in your heart. Again, it's not a, a magical uh, state, you know, of, of sprinkling of words and you're in like Flynn. You, you have to truly understand it, absorb it, uh, and accept Christ into your heart and allow that transformation to begin within you as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, with that said, I've had people say, well, what about children? What about those with special needs? Now, until you're under the age of understanding, I, I have I have no, uh, and a, a good friend of mine, he, he argued, uh, boy, he argued with me. He didn't like my position on this. And I understand where he's coming from and the fact that, you know, the moment we are born, we are infused with the same blood that has been handed down since Adam. We are sin-filled from the time we are, uh, are, are uh, conceived. And a baby will lie to you. A baby will manipulate you. A baby will lie to you. And the reason why I say that is if a baby wants to be held, what's he do? There's nothing wrong with them, but they'll lay there and cry to you, pick them up. If, you know, they, so uh, if they're hungry, they'll cry a little bit, they get their way, or they want this lollipop, or they want this, or that, or the other. Of course, hopefully you're not giving a baby a lollipop, but you don't want children of age, you know, they're, they're going to do something to try to, to, to get their way. But, um, but again, they're, they are not under the understanding of the capacity of what Christ has done for them. And I am in the firm believer that if they were to die, unfortunately, they would indeed go to heaven. And the same thing with those with special needs. If they cannot comprehend what Christ has done for them, the, to me, they're no different than that child who uh, has not has uh, the inability uh, to accept Christ as their Savior. Because I've worked with special needs. And like I said, if it wasn't for the ministry, this that's what I would be doing right now. Because I, I have a real heart for that. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved working with those individuals. I worked at Donna Hope. I worked at uh, 
Washington County Residential Services. I've worked in uh, the Washington County School System with special needs. In fact, that's what my wife does now. She works with special needs kids. And um, uh, so I don't care. They could be 80 years old. But if they don't have an understanding, I, you know, I believe indeed they would go to heaven. So that, to me, is the only exceptions. And, and I, again, I know there's people out there who would argue. And a good friend of mine, he got really mad at me uh, because of my stand on that. But nevertheless, you have to have prayed to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So I'm saying this because I don't know who's watching here. Who, um, uh, who's watching, uh, I'm reading what people are saying, that's why I'm getting sidetracked here. Uh, I don't know who's watching this morning or listening this morning that um, may have never given that prayer of salvation. They said, well, my father was saved, my grandfather was a, saved or a pastor, I, I grew up in church, I do this, you know, X, Y, and Z. But if you've never, ever prayed and said Jesus Christ Lord Savior do that today don't waste any time I'm a firm believer we're in the last days you know and and I've been to uh, churches you know uh, back before I met my wife and and dating around some went some of these girls would drive me drive drive me crazy yeah they did that too but they would take me to their churches and I'll be honest with you some of these churches freaked me out you know particularly some of these hyper Pentecostal churches uh where they're like screaming and running up and down the aisles freaked me out because i wasn't used to that you know i was like in fact i made excuses to get the heck out of there you know and then you go to some of these churches that um uh, they uh you know that at the end of the service raise your hand for this raise your hand for that raise your hand you know and i'm thinking you know, you start to begin to wonder, am I saved? You know, <laughs> you know, it always drives, you know, I always got tickled at those who would say, now this is completely anonymous. You just slip your hand up. It's, and if, you know, and then at the end say, all those who raised your hand come up, you know, and I'm thinking, well, there's went all anonymity, uh, anonymity, you know, it, it's, it just went out the window. You know, uh, I, I don't do this, uh, for show. I don't do this for attention. I don't do this to get a viral video. I don't, I do this because I sincerely care about those who may be, may be watching this, who may be listening to this. I, I don't want to see anybody die and go to hell. All right. And people say, well, God wouldn't do that. God doesn't send you to hell. You have the choice. Just like we were talking about your state in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, talking about the free gift of grace, the free gift of salvation. You have the ability to accept that gift. And if you don't, that is on you. You have nobody to blame but yourself. And, you know, and, and I, uh, for those who will stand in judgment of, of Christ, they can't, they will know one person will be able to sit there and say, well, Christ, uh, you know, uh, nobody ever told me about you. That's baloney. Every single person will have had the opportunity to accept or reject before they leave this earth. So nobody be without excuse. And you may say, what about the deepest, darkest parts of Africa? I'm a firm believer that Christ revealed his way, himself one way or the other. I've, I, I've read stories where white evangelists or, or evangelists, they don't necessarily be white, but you know what I mean, the traditional missionary evangelists, um, have went to areas where no uh, white man has been before, you know, and uh, they found tribesmen worshiping Jesus. So, I, you know, that's why I'm saying that Christ will reveal himself one way or another. So you've got to accept Christ today. All right. Don't do not think because your good works, which are but filthy rags in the sight of God, are going to merit you uh, entrance into heaven. You have, you know, and when, ask yourself that. You know, if when you're standing for God Almighty, and He says, 
Why should I let you in? What's your answer going to be? Well, Lord, I, you know, I didn't, I never uh, stepped on any bugs. I, I uh, opened doors for people and I was nice and polite and I went to church every Sunday and minded my own business. Well, I wouldn't even get on Facebook and, and talk about other people, <laughs> you know, and they ain't going to get you in. But if you said, God, I understood what you did when you sent your only son to earth. I understand uh, that he was fully man and fully God. I understand that he took my beating. I understand he took my place on the cross. I accepted him as my personal Lord and Savior, understanding that he rose again for me. And I accepted him into my heart. That, my friends, understanding the blood of Christ that was shed for you will get you into heaven. That's the only thing that will merit you worthiness to stand before God Almighty as well understanding what Christ has done for you. So just because you go to church don't make you saved. Just because you do good things don't make you saved. You know, just because you may carry around the family Bible doesn't make you saved. Un only understanding what Christ has done for you, accepting it into your heart, does that make you saved. And it takes a very courageous man and woman to accept Christ because Look at the world today. Look at the those who hate Christians, despise us as Christians, what we stand for. You can look no further than, or oh, I was talking about yesterday on JHL, where they were talking about Milligan College as, as, as being pushed to accept LGBTQ, even though it's supposed to be a Christian college, being pushed to do that. And the amount of individuals putting on there talking about how we are bigots, hate mongers. I mean, you wouldn't believe the vile things they said about not only Christians, but Christianity in general and God and Jesus. This is, this is how the world views us. And it takes courage to stand for what is right. It takes courage to stand on your convictions. It takes courage to stand in the face of trials and to keep following Christ. It takes courage to have that faith that only comes from God above. It takes, excuse me, it takes courage to do those things. So uh, I hope that you're strong enough to accept the call. You know, in closing, uh, I will say this. In uh, 1700s, uh, George Whitfield, and he, along with John and Charles Wesley, uh, who all three became very mighty men of God, uh, would spend hours in devotions. Uh, they would spend uh, hours uh, you know, prostrate on the ground uh, praying. Uh, they would um, go out and uh, do benevolent things. In fact, uh, uh, George Whitfield became very ill because he went out in the cold and, and laid uh, prostrate on the ground praying to God. And they were doing all these things. But it was really kind of like, uh, you know, when I was reading that, it kind of made me think about Martin Luther. You know, he had a hard time understanding grace. And he would literally flog himself and he'd crawl on his hands and knees on uh, going upstairs. And he, he agonized over his sin and, and trying to seek that forgiveness. And then it dawned on him. You know, that's why he he, he, wrote, he nailed the 99 Thesis on the, on the church wall, or door rather. Uh, and George Whitfield came to the same conclusion, understanding what free grace is. See, our sins can consume us. We are so unworthy to stand before God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And, and we're so sickened uh, by our thoughts and our actions and what we say. And it, it can drive you insane. But when you understand the free gift of God, when you understand grace and the forgiveness of sins, there's nothing you can do to erase those sins. But when you give your faith and give your trust to God, understanding that forgiveness, understanding that he loves you and that you are forgiven, you are set free.
There's nothing you can do. See, unlike other religions, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to uh, atone for whatever sin you have done. You have to reach certain levels of enlightenment. But with Christ Jesus, it's a simple going to the Father and saying, please forgive me. And it is forgiven. And it is let go. It is no longer held over your head. And uh, what a kind and loving Father that is, that is gracious enough to forgive us. And it is unlimited See, there's never uh, a moment of, you know, uh, well, I've reached my, you know, just like on Facebook, you've reached your limit of sharing. You know, you're never going to get that that warning from God or you've reached your limit of forgiveness. It is odd infinitum. And when we go to God and say, Lord, I've messed up again, you're forgiven. You are loved and nothing can snatch you out of God's mighty right hand. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live a life that is glorifying and honoring to you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to understand your grace. Help us to understand uh, your forgiveness. Help us, Lord, to reach those in the world uh, who have yet to come to know you. Lord, help us to get through to individuals to accept that free gift of salvation. And Lord, for anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us. Guide and watch protect us this day. Lord, be with our nation and its leaders. Let them come to know you before it's too late. Lord, I pray for my Aunt Linda, my Aunt Donna. Pray to be a Doug Grissom. Lord, I pray uh, there's uh, several on Facebook this morning offering up prayers. Lord, I pray to be at those situations. Pray to be a Sam Phillips' daughter. I pray to be Kim Penix, Wendy Lee, Ginger Hood, Troy, Lynn and David Feathers, Jane Kitchings, Ron Thompson, Roger Winters. Lord, just be with us today. Let us serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning. It's always an honor and a pleasure to get to do these morning devotionals. And as I've said before, if you can't find the devotions on Facebook, maybe I'm having technical difficulties or what have you, you can always watch live on our website at flbconline.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the Dokkyun Chronicles podcast, Apple iTunes, free of charge, and it's audio only. So uh, my friends, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last. Because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.